Hey there, travelers. I'm Isabella. I'm Riley. I'm Angelica. And this is True Crime International. Isabella, where are we? Um, where are we uh, traveling to today, and by what mode of transportation? Oh, we're flying today. We're flying. Oh, okay. Uh, today we're headed to Singapore. Oh yeah, we definitely <laughs> we need we definitely need to fly there. <laughs> that was my airplane sound. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, you did arms to go with it too to really emphasize the airplaneness. Well done. <laughs> yeah, my elbows are so pointy. They're like wings. <laughs> Fun fact about Angelica, she can lick both of her elbows. It's my superpower. Not very fun for me. (laughs) It's really, really, actually, probably gross to watch. It is. is. (laughs) That's why it is not fun for us. (laughs) But at the same time, I'm fascinated by it. I definitely can't do it. I can bend my thumb really far back behind my head. I haven't done that in a long time. What, lick your elbows? Yeah. We don't yeah. need to start now. Okay. No. <laughs> if people really want to see it, you can like post it to the Instagram or something. <laughs> but you film it, you post it. I don't want to see it. I yeah. it. <laughs> Let me know so I can avoid that story. Yeah. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about the Anthony Leah and Annie Long case. And if you're from Singapore, and I know we have some Singaporean listeners, like one or two. Um, you probably already know this case because it's fucking wild. I have to say, this is the longest script I've written for a single episode. It's almost nine pages. There are images in it, but still. Um, but it took the least amount of time of any script for me to write just because it's so wild and so detailed. It really just wrote itself. This morning, I was stressed that I wasn't going to have enough time to write all of it before our recording, but it was done in like two hours. Like with- I, love, I love those kinds of scripts. Yeah. It was crazy. I'll be honest, I didn't think there would be much in the way of cases from Singapore because it's a newer country and it's so tiny. It's one of the smallest countries. And I thought I would only be able to get like a layo a layover out of it, but no. <laughs> also, I whenever I think about Singapore, which obviously its portrayal in this film is super inaccurate. But I think But the man is so uh, hot. <laughs> the, I think about Pirates of the Caribbean. I think it's the second one. Oh, that yeah. is not what I was thinking. You were thinking about. of Crazy Rich Asians? <laughs> I was. Also good. <laughs> that that one is more accurate to what Singapore is like actually like. Meanwhile, the Pirates of the Caribbean, inaccurate. inaccurate. I know what you're talking about. I always remember in the I always remember in the trailer that one actor's like, welcome to Singapore. And I thought that sounded like the most exotic place in the world, but it's just like this incredible, rich city state. Yeah. That movie. But yeah, Singapore. Sorry. (laughs) I think Pirates of the Caribbean awakened everyone's sexuality. The problem is the problem is I never really watched it. Never watched Pirates of the Caribbean as a kid? No. To be honest. I mean like maybe maybe like parts of it, but I never really watch like the whole thing or like all the movies and maybe that's why my sexual awakening came so late (laughs) my first crush was legolas in lord of the rings and he's still the love of my life 
I've told my boyfriend that if he ever uh, comes to life, I will leave him for Legolas. And he's like, uh, not if I leave you first. Because <laughs> we're both deeply in love with Legolas. It's not that different than Pirates of the Caribbean being mine because it's still Orlando Bloom at the end of the day. Look, my when I was growing up, my parents were like, oh, she has a big crush on Orlando Bloom. And I was like, no, you are sorely mistaken because I can watch Pirates of the Caribbean and not feel a damn thing. It is Legolas. It is that man with the long blonde hair and the skill with the bow. That's all I want. Bro, Orlando Bloom is wet for like 90%. Of the Pirates of the Caribbean films. How so? can you not feel anything? He's because trying. my original love is Legolas. Oh, okay. I would just like to point out that mine is Michael B. Jordan. So um, oh, that's a, good, that's <laughs> a, a little good different. but <laughs> I mean, oh, Orlando Bloom isn't it, it for me. That list is no. too long. He's just on it. <laughs> Michael is top of my list. Yeah, he's... And gorgeous. Nate knows. Nate knows. I see a movie with Michael B. Jordan and Nate goes, okay, I guess we'll watch it. <laughs> oh, God. Singapore. So, yeah, Singapore. Sorry, we forgot about Singapore. <laughs> Singapore has had some really insane crimes in their short history. But the one we're talking about today is, in my opinion, the craziest. Not the worst, but the craziest that I saw. So let's talk about Anthony Lair first. He was born in 1967, and he was the youngest of four siblings. He didn't have the happiest of childhoods. His parents got divorced when he was really young, and he didn't have a super close relationship with any of his siblings, but I'm not sure why. I have my theories about why he wasn't super close with his siblings, but it wasn't explicitly stated anywhere that I could see, so I don't want to put them out there, you know? He was an average student and he studied at a local English school before attending a polytechnic for his university education, but he had to drop out his first year because his dad refused to pay for his tuition. Well, that sucks. Which like if you're going to if you if you if your child is going to university and you've already started paying the tuition, why would you just suddenly stop? Yeah. Yeah, it's very odd. It's very odd. Like it, it's it's a commitment you've already seemed to make. It's it's not like it would be different if he refused to pay right off the bat, but he had to quit during during his first year, not even after it was over. I wonder if they had some sort of falling out. It could it could be. I, there's there's no details with that, um, so we can only speculate. Gotcha, gotcha. Without a ton of other options available to him, he joined the Singapore Armed Forces, and he did well enough there to rise to the rank of second sergeant. He left the army after seven years to pursue a career as a graphic artist and get into publishing. However, his venture into graphic art failed and he had to turn to ad hoc photography and graphic design just two, two years later. Wait, he failed graphic design, but he turned to graphic design? He failed in uh, like graphic art publishing. And then okay. so he, I, he like he failed independently, sort of. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I Poor dude. Although, I, I'm guessing I shouldn't feel that sorry for him. No, probably not. <laughs> so Annie Long Wai Mun was born in 1971, and she met Leia at church when she was just 15 years old. They liked each other a lot, and they were friends for the first four years that they knew each other. How in 1990. Sorry, how old? So was he would have been. He would have been 19. Okay. Which, I mean, a four-year age gap is not yeah. a big deal. And yeah. my mom met my dad when she was 16 and he was 20. They have a four-year yeah. age gap. And they didn't start dating until four years later. Yeah. 
until she was 19. So yeah. to me, this isn't creepy at all. Yeah, neither neither is it. I was just wondering their age gap. Yeah, it was a four-year age gap. So they started dating in 1990. And then in 1995, they got married. In 1997, they had a daughter who they named Avalyn. Annie worked as an accounts executive at a bank, but left her job to help Leah with his business. However, when Avalyn turned one, Annie wanted to be more financially independent and went to work as an agent for American International Assurance. We respect an independent woman here. We, because we really do. do. Also, like, this does not matter, but um, when I was, like, doing my part of this case, I saw a picture of Annie. Annie is so fucking gorgeous, bro. Annie is Annie's gorgeous. She's just got a really sweet face. Yeah. She looks kind. However, Annie and Liz's marriage wasn't working out and they separated in 1999, but they didn't immediately get a divorce holding on to hope that they could eventually work out their differences. But alas, they couldn't work them out. And in 2001, they were moving forward with a divorce. I actually, it, I actually think that divorce is inherently a happy thing. Oh, yeah. Same. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's a I, shame that it doesn't work out, but it's ultimately the best thing for both parties. Yeah. Yeah. In, I, so, I, in some cases. Yeah. I would say, I would argue in most cases. Some cases. Well, some people, sometimes people are surprised by divorces. Like, yeah. I've known people who, who one day one of their parents wakes up and they're like, I don't want to be married anymore. They surprise the whole family by leaving and the family's like, what? And then, and then, I mean, obviously in the end, like after years of trying to get over it, it, it can yeah. be a good thing because they move on and have a better life. But like mm -hmm. immediately, or, it's, it's like debilitating to some people. Or there's like oh, yeah. an unwilling participant that is super cruel about the whole thing. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. and like it's not always easy. And it, in, in most cases, it's not easy. But I do think in the long run, most divorces are an inherently good thing. Yeah. If people aren't uh, happy together, they... I mean, they can try to work it out, yeah. Uh, but if it's not, staying together would be kind of dark. So on May 14th, 2001, Leah went over to the apartment that Annie was living in with Avalyn, whom she had primary custody of, and her mother. Leah had some documents for Annie to sign pertaining to the divorce. Uh, she went outside to meet him, but when she got out there, they realized that neither of them had a pen. So Annie went back up to the fourth floor apartment. But the second she stepped out of the elevator, she was violently and viciously attacked. Her throat was slashed and she was stabbed in the chest multiple times. Oh, my God. Yeah. What? So, like, outside, um, like, the elevator on the fourth floor or when she had returned to the lobby? On the fourth floor. So she okay. went downstairs to meet him. And they yeah. didn't have a pen, so she went back up to grab one. And when she got when she got back up there, when she stepped out of the elevator, she was attacked. Okay, okay, I mm. see. Shit. I the the it, it didn't ex it didn't expressly state this anywhere, but the way it's written makes me think that this might be one of those buildings where the elevator actually opens into the apartment, as opposed to it like opening to a common area and then going oh, to your apartment. Really? I think so, just because it it, it also it always says that she was killed the second she stepped out of the apartment sorry sorry stepped out of the elevator and i just think it would be so much riskier to do it just in the hallway and also this was initially believed to be a robbery but if so, um if it was directly in her apartment wouldn't like 
You need like a special key to get up in the elevator. You would need a code, yeah. But I mean, that doesn't mean people still can't break in by climbing up a fire escape, yeah, going through a window. Yeah. True, it's true. Fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if if her apartment was empty when she went down, that's got to be how someone got in. Because she wouldn't mm -hmm. have been down for very long. They would have, you know, looked at the papers, maybe made some a little small talk and realized, oh, we don't have a pen. I got to go grab one. I'm not clear on who it was that found her uh, after she'd been attacked, but someone called the ambulance and Annie was taken to the hospital. And unfortunately, she succumbed to her injuries a very short time later. Poor Annie. Honestly, like, wh why? What mm -hmm. could possibly warrant someone to get attacked that badly? Yeah. Stab in the arm. They can't do anything. And then run. <laughs> yeah. Leah was devastated. This case was huge at the time because this attack it was such it was of such a vicious nature and it was seemingly so random. You know, to happen in such a small country, it was a big deal. So at Annie's funeral, um, there were a bunch of photographers and uh, journalists and Leah was photographed crying over Annie's coffin. The day Annie was cremated, her mother said that Leah came over and went into Avalyn's room um, and he could be heard crying very loudly. And he was in there with his daughter. So it was like they were mourning together. At the funeral, Leah answered some of the media's questions and opened up about his marriage, saying, quote, What if I did not ask her down? What if I had brought a pen? What if I had gone up with her? A thousand what ifs, but one reality. She's gone. She was everything I was not. I am arrogant, calculating, and irritating. Basically, a very unlikable person. But she was the warm, friendly, and approachable one. She was everything I was not. She's the angel. I am the devil. I admit I fouled up our marriage. I committed adultery. And I know that people see me as a prime suspect. But I do not care about that right now. I am innocent. Weird of him to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that was my first instinct, too. It's like... Ooh. Just like, not even like suspicious, just like weird. Like, why are you bringing that up at her funeral? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so this is not one continuous quote. These are one, two, three, four, five separate quotes that I just put together. Um, so he's answering the media's questions. But still, I don't think he needs to answer them in that particular way no. you know no. also honestly um i feel like people that are truly grieving and um frustrated with a loss are less likely to talk to anyone like they're more likely to dismiss but this dude's talking yeah he's just He's just saying everything willy-nilly. And you're right, like, if I if I was grieving someone in a very public way, I, w I really wouldn't want to talk to anyone because my grief is my own. I don't need to talk to anyone about it. Uh, like, any anyone I don't know about it, you know? Also, flat out referring to yourself as the devil isn't exactly going to make you less suspicious. I know, he said he's the devil and that he's innocent in the same interview. Like, uh... <laughs> I know you're trying to make her look really good and she probably was a wonderful person, but you don't need to bring yourself down that much. And he admitted to adultery and your wife was just murdered. That is not a good look, darling. No. <laughs> but oh yes, did Leia have affairs. So the first one was with a woman named Belinda Ho Wei Lin. 
who was a sales and marketing executive. The women in the story have some good ass jobs. They had a relationship that went on for three and a half years after they met in 1997, the year his daughter was born. And I, mm. cheating, adultery is not okay, but it is extra not okay when you have an infant and or pregnant wife at home. Yeah, no. No, absolutely not. That's really shitty. However, their relationship was filled with financial problems as he got Belinda involved with a failed business venture that put both of them into debt. So much debt that Leah had Belinda move in with him and his family, which oh. was a good part of the reason Annie left and took Avalyn with her. Oh, I don't yeah, fucking blame her. Also, I'm just like, why are these successful women getting involved with this dude? I guess I can't right? talk. But if you think that one side chick was enough for Leah, you're sorely mistaken. He had a sexual relationship with a woman named uh, Tan Su Fen, who worked as an assistant merchandiser and was also roped into Leia's business ventures, which created yet more debt for the both of them. Like, whatever, you're cheating. Stop roping people into this business venture. Right? Stop. It's like, are you only, are you only <laughs> doing this to get their money? So Leia's starting to look pretty fishy, right? Oh, well, yeah. he's been fishy. Yeah. The police thought so too. And I mean, in any case involving the death of a spouse, you always have to look at the other spouse. They're like always the first, investigate the, the husband. First suspect. husband. Yeah. yeah, always. Or wife, for that matter. Or ex-wife. Or wife. In this case, husband, but yeah. Women are snakes too. 100%. Always investigate <laughs> the other spouse. Yeah. Or ex-spouse, exes. Or honestly, spouses, lovers, not like, wouldn't be that far-fetched. Oh, yeah, Stephanie Lazarus. Huh? Do you guys know that case? No. no. It's Stephanie Lazarus. Uh, it sounds okay. kind of familiar, but no. Okay. Well, we'll talk about it later. Okay. <laughs> Police raided Leia's apartment two days after Annie's death. The first thing they found that they thought proved his involvement was the front page of a newspaper from April 23rd. Well, the front page was found at the murder scene, and it was theorized that the murder weapon had been wrapped up in it. What they found at Leia's apartment was the same issue of that newspaper with the front page missing. Mm. Circumstantial, but circumstantial evidence is still evidence. Did he have any explanation as to where the first page went? No. Oh, okay. And I mean, I don't think he was there for the raid. I don't know if they allowed the the person that lives there to be there for a raid. Well, but. I was saying like if they questioned him about him about it. At, oh my god, him about it after. I'm if, sure if, they did, but I in in my sources it didn't talk about it at all. Gotcha. This newspaper is really creeping me out. I wish it'd been a different issue. <laughs> is it because of the baby on it? Yeah. But you can like looking at how it's crinkled, you can definitely see that it was most likely wrapped around something. Yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure. A few days after the first raid, they took Leia's computer and were able to get nine deleted Microsoft Word documents that had been created at 6.53 and 7.48 a.m. on May 17th, three days after the murder, which had been saved using the automatic save feature on Word. You know, when you accidentally close Word? Um, yeah. Yeah. And then like you open it back up and be like, hey, I suggested you didn't save this, but we still have it. Yep. That's how they got it. Leia's not that smart. 
Forensics found incomplete sentences of a conversation that appeared to be between two people sitting next to each other and sharing the keyboard to communicate instead of speaking. And here are some of the sentences. I'm reading them as they're written. Act shock that the woman is my wife. Payment might have to wait. Why you threw the knife? Just say wrong number if they question you. They can hear what you are saying. Leah, after the first raid, was afraid that his apartment was bugged, but he still needed to talk to the person that he hired to kill his wife. Yep. Leah had hired a hitman. And you might think you know where this is going, but you do not. On May 19, 2001, Leah was arrested at his apartment, and what he didn't know at the time was that the police had already arrested his hitman four hours before who was a 15-year-old boy. What? That's fucked up. A 15-year-old boy. And we'll be referring to him as Z because we don't actually know his identity. But yeah. Okay. A 15-year-old boy. He hired a 15-year-old to kill his wife. This is like uh, like Albert who like walked up to some random person and is like, will you kill my wife? Yeah. I said no. Because of Z's age, a gag order was put in place to protect his identity. So to this day, we don't know his real name. So it's just, he's Z. The pair were charged in court for the murder of Annie Long the same day. So how did they even meet? And how did it get to the point where this 15-year-old was willing to kill this 34-year-old's wife? Yeah, what the what? What, what oh, the what? God. <laughs> well... In February 2001, Leah met a group of young people who liked to hang out at a local McDonald's. And a member of this group was Z. Other members of this group were Xiaotse Hao, who was 22, a 19-year-old named Kong Ka Chong, Vigneswaran Krishnan, who was 17, and Gavin Ning Jin Wei, 16, all of whom ended up testifying at the trial. I feel bad for all of these boys. Like, what? Yeah. Not expecting to get involved in, like, a freaking crazy 34-year-old's crime. That's a murder plot. So, Gavin ended up being the most useful one, and in court, he testified that Leia started hanging out with them frequently, often bringing along his little white Pomeranian dog. And, like, I'm not a fan of Pomeranians, so this just makes me dislike Lair even more just for the fact that he had a little white Pomeranian. If you have also, a white Pomeranian... I, I just want to say, if you are a teenager and a 34-year-old man starts hanging around you and your friends, I would be a little suspicious. Yeah. 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 That's not okay. Gavin said Leia was a really smooth talker and, quote... First raised the subject of murder by talking about people who had been killed in gang fights and asking them, as in the boys, if they would ever dare to kill anyone. Unquote. The boys at the time thought it was a joke and responded that they would, but only if they were getting paid to do it, to which Lair responded that he was willing to pay one of them $100,000 to murder his wife. He didn't waste any time. He wasted no. no time. Okay, I'm just saying. First, like, why would you do that for free? Um, <laughs> secondly, <laughs> no way, no way in hell does Lair have a hundred thousand dollars. 
Yeah. This no. is 100,000 Singaporean dollars. But still, but, this man in yeah. debt. Yeah. And do you know how much he- debt he has? $100,000. <laughs> Ugh! I know it's awful. Don't kill some or don't kill. <laughs> don't kill for someone that you meet at a McDonald's. <laughs> God. Or Burger King or Wendy's. No or fast Subway. food restaurants. Just don't don't. If a 34-year-old man approaches you especially in McDonald's, okay? It's a little suspicious. <laughs> My local McDonald's is already suspicious. Sometime after that first mention, Leia started to talk about murdering his wife a lot. Like, in excruciating detail. According to Gavin's testimony, Leia started to pressure him into killing Annie, saying, quote, Killing his wife would be easy. All I had to do was listen to his instructions and everything would be fine, unquote. Killing someone's not easy. No. He's like, you just do what I say, and you won't get caught. Everything will be fine. It's all good. And you'll have $100,000. Leia's plan was to make the murder look like a robbery. This is so stupid. He instructed Gavin (laughs) to steal Annie's wallet after killing her and then mail her ID back to the address to make it look like the robber was sorry to have killed her. Criminal um, mastermind right here, guys. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't think that that's how it works. (laughs) Not quite, no. He kept pressuring and pressuring Gavin to kill Annie. And it got to a point where Gavin went over to Leia's apartment one day and Leia showed him a bunch of knives that he selected, which would be, quote, suitable for killing. And had Gavin practice stabbing a bolster, which he had wrapped in newspaper because, quote, the skin of the neck is as thin as newspaper. I don't like that. No. Nope. Mm-mm. And look, the skin might be, but the rest isn't. Gavin told his girlfriend everything and ended up backing out of the plan to kill Annie. And he called and called and called Z to try and warn him about Leia, but he was not able to reach him in time. So call the police! I get it. Gavin's like 16. But like... Call the police. When all this planning is happening, he was actually 15. Um, so like even younger. But Gavin and Z weren't the only ones who Leia approached about killing his wife. The 22-year-old of the group, Hal, was also asked, though he wasn't pressured as much as the other two. At trial, he said uh, that when he visited Leia's apartment... He, quote, went on and on about killing his wife for 15 to 30 minutes, unquote. And even went on to ask how, how much he'd want to be paid for doing something like that. And reiterated that he was willing to pay $100,000. Uh, uh, that you don't have. Right? That he does not have in his possession. But obviously a 15-year-old is not going to know that. Well, this guy's 22. Oh, 22-year-old. Same thing. Same thing. Still no. not going to know. <laughs> Hal was not into this conversation at all, and he tried to steer away from it by saying that Leia should hire a professional to do something like that. 
And Leia's response was to ask him where he could find one and if Hal found him one, found him a professional hitman, he would give him 20% of his company. Big offer considering all his companies were fucking failing. Also, why would a 22-year-old you found at McDonald's know where to find a hitman? Right? Apparently, if you eat at McDonald's and you're like 15 to 22, you know all the best hitmen. Ah, <laughs> uh, Call the police! <laughs> he didn't either. In the end, it was Z who was roped into this mess. During the trial, Z made his confession. He explained how he had met Leia when he was just 10. Because what? he used to... Yeah. He used to take his hamster out to play at the same place that Leia took his dog. Which... Is he, like, taking his hamster to a dog park? That does not seem safe for the hamster. <laughs> but that's where they met. They lost touch for a few years because Leia had moved. But they met again by chance a few years later. And it was actually Z who introduced him to his McDonald's friends. Okay. Well, I'm just saying that it's okay, like, if, uh, I guess, if the children's parents are around, your friends with the children's parents, but, like, why the fuck was this man befriending a 10-year-old? I don't like you. No. <sighs> it gives me bad vibes. All around. Very bad vibes. In Leia's original plan for the murder, Gavin was going to do it and Z was going to be the lookout, but when Gavin backed out, it all fell onto Z. Leia told him repeatedly that he wouldn't get caught, and Z believed him because Leia had lied and said that he had killed professionally for years and had never been caught, proving just how impressionable Z was. Yeah. Yeah. Z is very clearly an impressionable Also, if team. he's been killing for years, why doesn't he just do it? Yeah. Probably He probably made the excuse, like, it's my wife, so people are going to look at me initially. So, you know, I think I think he's clearly such an impressionable kid. You could sell it really easily. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Leia planned out all the details of the murder down to what Z was supposed to wear. And they practiced together at Leia's apartment. Z went along with this because he really valued Leia's opinion of him and wanted Leia to like and respect him as an equal and not see him as a kid. That's sad. That is sad. But the thing is, like, you are a kid and he's yeah, 34. He shouldn't good. be hanging around you. It's so frustrating because people are always trying to make kids not or, like, making kids feel bad for being kids. And they shouldn't feel bad. Like, people like to rag on, uh, this is really, okay, JoJo Siwa because of, like, what she wears. But she's a child. She's, like, 16 she's or 17. She's a child. Let kids be kids. Let them do what they want as to long, do. For as long as they want to. Now, be there for them. I'm still a child. I'm an adult, too. Like, I'm <laughs> mature, but also sometimes I want to be a goddamn kid. My dad's a child, and he's 56. <laughs> My dad's a child. He's 63. Like. <laughs> I would, like. No, never mind. No, I'm going to say it. I would rather my child be comfortable being a kid like Jojo Siwa than them feel like they have to be mature and do things that adults are doing, like going out and going to to clubs and things that make them feel less comfortable. Yeah. If that's than... what they want to do, sure. But if they yeah, want if it, to yeah. have a 16th birthday party that's at home and super bright colored, okay. 
I don't want my children to feel like they have to act any certain way because no. of their age. Same. Yeah. I just want them to unless be that unless themselves. that act or unless those actions are going to put them in danger, then we might have to talk. <laughs> but yeah. if they're safe and 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 whatever, then do whatever you want. If you're not hurting anyone, who gives a shit? Exactly. Alexa, play original be oh original me by Young Blood and Dan Reynolds. <laughs> Take a drink for Angel's pop culture reference. So the prospect of actually carrying out the murder was extremely intimidating to Z, as it would be. He's fucking 15. And there was uh, a failed attempt, actually, a few days before the, the murder, where Z got cold feet and tried to back out altogether at the last second. But being the piece of shit that he is, Leia threatened to kill Z if he didn't kill his wife. <sighs> what, an, what a piece of shit. What a piece of And then of he's shit. probably scared for his life on top of all of this. this is oh, so yeah. So awful. But this propensity for threatening people's lives was not only reserved for Z. Leia's mistress, Belinda, also testified at trial and said that Leia was abusive all the time and had threatened to kill her on two separate occasions. She also said that after Annie suggested they divorce, Leia became, quote, unhinged and started talking seriously about murdering his wife. Excuse me? Mm -hmm. Leia's other mistress, Tan, also testified and said that because of the extreme financial hardship her business relationship with Leia had put her in, she had confided in him that she was contemplating suicide, to which Leia responded, quote, before she committed suicide, she should go and kill his wife first. Tan said, quote, Leia said he would then be able to tell the police I had killed her out of jealousy and he would get sole custody, custody of his daughter and be the sole owner of the HBD flat that he had bought with his wife. HBD flats are uh, like subsidize government housing in Singapore and a lot of people have them and the leases are for like 99 years but no one actually knows what happens when those leases are up because the country is less than 99 years old <laughs> is it, is it but they can be sorry is it supposed to be HBD sorry HDB okay <laughs> happy birthday <laughs> HDB my bad um, but yeah th those flats can be valuable okay uh, also, I just really wish someone would have called the police. I know. He was so open about killing his wife. All of these people heard him talk about it and not one person said anything. But if one person had said something, she might still be alive. I understand more like the teenagers and the young men because like they're probably like this dude. <laughs> no way he could actually mean it, right? Like because they are impressionable. They like don't really have a complete concept of the world yet. Yeah. But like these women, I know he I mean, obviously is manipulating them too. I just yeah. really wish someone would have done it. I wish, I wish that too. But Belinda was threatened. Well, he threatened her life twice. Yeah. I think she would probably have been way too scared. Yeah, for to sure. Go to the police. And then Tan, I, I don't know if he ever threatened her life, but saying something as awful as 
if you're going to kill yourself, kill my wife too. Like, I'm assuming the worst with him. He probably threatened her too. And with the failed businesses, I wonder if they had done things that were illegal that he could hold over their heads, you know? Yeah. Something that would make the debt even worse if they were fined for it. But let's get back to Z. In the aftermath of the murder, Leah also had made a plan. At trial, Z said, quote, He said to tell the police I wasn't happy about Leah's wife whenever he complained about her to us, and therefore I decided to help him take revenge by killing her. But he also said if I played him out, he would do the same for me, unquote. Sounds toxic. Yeah. Just a tad. <laughs> Leah also told him that he had been rehearsing how he would act at Annie's funeral to look like the loving and grieving husband in order to divert suspicion. Z said, quote, He said it was possible for him to cry whenever he thought of his daughter. He also mentioned that he practiced this act. Unquote. What a fucking creep. I saw the picture of him over her coffin at the funeral and it looked shady to me. Um... And now this, this oh is yeah, upsetting. And it makes it makes so much more sense why he would have gone into his daughter's bedroom with his daughter and cried. Because if mm-hmm. the thought of her, if thoughts of her can make him cry, then probably being around her can bring even more emotion. And he wanted he wanted to be heard crying. You know, yeah, all part of his plan. Mm-hmm. So with all this testimony and all this evidence, Leah needed a top-notch defense in order to get off for the murder of his wife. His defense? I quote, it was all a stupid joke. Not funny. Unfucking believable. According to Leah, this was all a game of bluff that went horribly wrong. To quote the bastard himself, I wanted to challenge them to eat their words. And not boast about things like this because it takes a different kind of guts to do it. End quote. I hate hate this dude. He said he only named his wife as the target because she was the only person he was in contact with at the time. And that he thought he was in control of the whole thing because they didn't know where she lived or what she looked like. At court, he admitted that Annie's death was... Partly his fault, his words, partly oh, really? his fault, because he had instigated the joke. It's not funny. <laughs> it's, it's not, not a joke. joke. <laughs> he also said he tried to cover up for Z because, quote, he was worried he would be implicated in the murder, unquote, even though he definitely did it. Like, Z was impressionable and I don't think should like 100% of this should not be put on him, but he still did it. He still killed a woman. But Leia also maintained that he never pressured Z to do it, nor did he want his wife dead. That's a goddamn lie. It's a goddamn lie. Primary custody of the daughter you clearly love and primary ownership of the $480,000 flat you share, which if you were to sell it, you would have enough money to cover your business debt and your hitman debt, and it would still leave you with $280,000. You're telling me that that isn't a good enough motive? I don't think he would have ever paid the hitman, even if he did have that money. No. He would have paid off his debt for sure. Yeah. Uh, but he wanted primary custody of his daughter, and he wanted ownership of the flat so that way he could sell it. Yep. During a lunch break at the trial, Leah went up to Z and apologized for putting him in this position. 
But then he asked him to recant his testimony to help Lair avoid the death penalty, which he was facing. And Z was like, bitch, no. Yeah, no. No, dude. Like, no. Absolutely not. On December 6th, 2001, Lair was sentenced to hang. Z, because of his age, was given an indefinite prison sentence to be let out when the president, whoever it may be in the future, allows him his freedom. So... Um, like Isabella said, Lair was uh, sentenced to hanging, to be hung. He ended up hanging for his crime on December 13th, 2002. And, like, I made my position on the death penalty, like, pretty clear, which is I generally find it pretty risky because a lot of people end up in prison for crimes they didn't commit because justice systems are a mess. Um, however, <laughs> this dude... This dude definitely did this, in my opinion. No, not in, not even just in my opinion. Like, he did this. No, like, he definitely did uh, it. Uh, so I don't, like, feel awful about it. Um, but, like, it would be nicer if he suffered for longer, too, I guess, considering that Z, whom he manipulated, served years of jail time. So, I don't know. But, so, two things I find interesting um, about this uh or firstly he hung at 6 a.m which i guess like never crossed my mind that things like this happen so early in the morning like that's something a lot of times it's like 1201 or something well in singapore actually all executions happen at the same time and in the same way so it's all at dawn and it's all by hanging there's no choice there's no lethal injection there's no firing squad you just hang yeah I found that so interesting. Um, and secondly, Lair was executed um, only a year after the murder. And, like, what we're used to is executions taking place a bit, like, further in the future. Like, there's exceptions, sure. But I feel yeah. like most cases we've discussed, there's more of, a like, a gap between the sentence and ex- Be- A lot execution. of times, people are on death row for, like, years and years. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like up to ten years. Yeah. Oh, even more. There's, like, people who literally, like, they won't even know. Um, which is good in some instances because it does, like, give those people who didn't actually commit a crime the chance to, like, prove their innocence or have people do it for them. Um, but, so, Singapore handles capital punishment a little differently than, like, Western countries. Uh, the death penalty was the norm for, like, essentially everywhere for years. But Singapore Mm -hmm. kept with it after they became independent from the UK. And I mean, like, 95% of citizens want it to stay that way, according to a study done in 2005. So this case happening in 2002 obviously would be consistent with that belief. Um, Yeah. Most all capital punishment is carried out due to cases related to murder or drugs. I think for me, I can see the murder more than the drug side of things. But, like, U.S. officials... The drugs thing to me is... Sorry to interrupt. Just in general. The the, the life sentences and, and death penalties for drugs literally drives me nuts. Yeah. Um, because these people just need help. I can't say, like, I feel pity for, like, drug lords. Like... No. They no, I mean people who are, like... 
but like yeah. they've fallen into bad times and they For become sure. users like they need help or they don't need to go to prison in some yeah. cases yeah, yeah i um, think in singapore they're not hanging drug users they're hanging drug traffickers it, it depends drug it depends on how much um drugs are in your possession um yeah. but like U.S. Have, officials have, like, also pondered taking guidance from Singapore in those instances, including Mike Bloomberg. And, like, guys, when I saw his name when I was researching this, he ran for president this election. Oh, <laughs> I forgot <God>. about that. <laughs> it's so funny to me. Um, those who are exempt are those younger than 18 or people who are pregnant, which is why Z only served time. The laws did become a little more lenient in 2012, so a decade after Lair's execution. The death penalty became no longer mandatory for certain capital offenses. It seems Thank like God. this was a choice that the country was pleased with, and I do think, like, amendments are needed for, like, anything in the justice system in any place. At everything. <laughs> like, because we're continuing... As time goes on, changes need to ma be made. Yeah. Because people change, circumstances change... Societies exactly. change. We're learning more about the human psyche and like just things pertaining to crime overall. So yeah. it, it's good that changes happen. Um, so yeah, that that's my little bit on the death penalty in Singapore. Back to Isabella. <laughs> <laughs> so Z petitioned for clemency twice. The first time was in 2013, but it was rejected. The second time was in 2017. He made his appeal to who is the current president, Halima Yaqob, and his lawyers made the argument that he had grown and matured considerably during his time in prison and was more than ready to re-enter society. His appeal ultimately went through, and on November 2nd, 2018, at the age of 32, Z was released from prison with conditions. He has a curfew, and he is electronically monitored, but otherwise, he's a free man. The gag order on his identity is still in place and will remain as such since he was a minor when these crimes were committed. That's that's it. I am glad that he went free. Go go. No, I was just gonna say I'm glad that he ended up being free too. Yeah. I feel like this is like a very major manipulation. Yeah. Case, yeah. Which like. Yeah, he had grown and matured probably because he was 15. Because he was 15. <laughs> exactly. Like, damn. When he was manipulated into doing this and, and bribed into doing this by a 34-year-old man. Like, yeah, and threatened. Who he had known since he was 10 years old. So part of him probably trusted him. Like, he said he wanted to impress him. Like, yeah. That's fucked. That's fucked. I'm glad that he was able... To be rehabilitated and yeah, and I am yeah. also glad that he is protected. Yeah, me too. It just makes um, me sad that he did have to spend all those years in prison, yeah. and it probably has like a huge impact on his life for sure. Because you don't grow. I mean, like you grow when you're in prison, but like not in the way that you would grow when you're out living your life normally in society. So yeah, I find it very interesting that in Singapore, they have these sentences where. You know, he, he wasn't given a specific number of years. It's like you're going to prison for an indefinite amount of time. You have no idea when you're going to be let out. And it's the president that decides whether or not to give you freedom. That's crazy. And uh, the, the president, Halima, she actually listened to her cabinet on this. Like she talked to them about it because this was such a high profile case and everyone was 
uh, pretty on board with him having his freedom. So she she granted it. She seems like a pretty cool president, honestly. We love uh, females in power. We really do. Generally. Well, I, I, I'm still waiting for Jacinda Ardern to uh, send the New Zealand army to invade the U.S. and take over. <laughs> I freaking wish, bro. They should team up with Canada. So if you want to see pictures from this case, you can head on over to our Instagram. It's at truecrimeintl. We also have a Facebook group where we post the pictures. And uh, you can come on the Facebook group and just post things and talk to us. We can have chats. If you are one of our Singaporean listeners, uh, I would really love it if you joined the Facebook group and talked to us about this case. Do you remember it? Um, do you know more about it? Do you have other insights? We would really love to hear about it. Uh, we also, also, uh, sorry. The Facebook group is True Crime International. Yes, the yeah, Facebook just group is that. I'm international. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> if you listen to this on Apple Podcasts, we would so love it if you left a five-star review, even if you just clicked the little five-star button. Uh, and if you have a minute or two typing out a nice message for us, that would be wonderful. Giving us five stars helps to boost the show. It helps more people find us. Um, and that's what we want. And last but not least, uh, we have a Patreon. It's currently only one level and it's $5 a month. So if that is reasonable to you and you would like some extra content, we post a uh, minimum three extra pieces of content on there every month. There's already a little bit of a backlog there. Uh, there's an extra full length, an extra, there's a red eye every month, and there's also a layover. So you get lots of extra content. It's only $5 a month. Uh, so you can head on over there. And I think I did all the things. Also, like we haven't said this in a long time. Um, but on our Instagram, there's a Google form you can fill out if you have any case suggestions. There is. Oh, yeah. There's so, like, one. go for it. Go for it, y'all. We do have quite a few Australian listeners, and I would love for them to comment or, like, fill out the thing for yeah. cases that they know about but haven't heard a lot of podcasts on. Like a lot yeah. of not a not a lot of podcasts have covered them, just because we want to bring awareness to smaller yeah. cases and cases that haven't gotten the same awareness as other ones. So yeah, like the Solder Children is a very important case, but it's been done and done and done, and, yeah. and we don't really mm -hmm. want to do it. So and Australia's on my list, but I don't have a case picked out. So pick it for me. Make my life. I might easy. do a red eye on the Somerton Man. Yeah, oh. um, because that one is very fascinating to me. But other than that, we... That's a theory case. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's a red eye. <laughs> yeah. other, other than that, uh, we hope you learned something new and we hope you enjoyed your stay here at True Crime International. Bye. Bye. Bye.